Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. Hi there, I'm Leslie Pearson. Today we're talking about divorce. Oh, you sound so happy. Oh, well, I don't mean to be happy. <laughs> welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining. Uh, We're talking about divorce. Unfortunately, uh, I think January is kind of the month people may decide to go separate ways. I think statistically, we see that. We've, yeah. uh, and maybe more this year than ever. We've, we've, I think annually, the holiday season is tough, mm-hmm. can be tough for people. Especially this year. And on this year, we've been in such close quarters more than ever before that it can go either way. Mm-hmm. Either your relationship is stronger. Uh, if you were kind of in struggling before COVID hit, mm-hmm. it might have pushed you either way, I guess. Yeah. It's it's sad, but it's a reality of our life. And because it's kind of topical in uh, January, according to what we know about mental health and relationships, um, it's prudent for us yeah. to talk about it now. And actually, I don't know why we're saying it's sad or unfortunate, because only no. sometimes it's sad or that's unfortunate. True. That's true. Sometimes it's wonderful. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I um, mean, if it's the right decision. Sure. So a few things about that. Number one, you know, we do a lot of divorce work. We have um, a lot of clients who are divorcing, uh, a lot who are in the process of divorcing all the time. That's that's something that we've had a bit of a specialty on Mm -hmm. um, over the last few years. So we're very familiar with, you know, how to go about that. And we just thought we'd share some tips with all of you um, who, you know, if you are in the process of thinking about divorcing or separating, you're probably going to have to divide your assets. For most people, or for many people, real estate is a component of that. That's right. And so um, it has to factor into your activities and your decisions. So I guess the first thing to talk about is what do you do with the house, right? So you and your spouse have decided that, you know, things aren't working out. You've got a property that you both own together right? If it's your uh, matrimonial home, so to speak, then um, it is belongs to both of you. Right. Um, from a legal standpoint, you know, you have to figure out what to do to divide that property. So you've got some options. And so what's a, what's a matrimonial home? So a matrimonial home is something generally that you've purchased together and that you have uh, been in together for a certain period of time. I'm not sure exactly what that is. So living, both living. Yes, both no. living, as opposed to maybe you have an investment property or, or let's say, for example, you know, you already owned a property and you ended up getting married and you kept that property and uh, you and your spouse move into the new property. That's your matrimonial right. home. Where you live together. Where you live together. Your other property may or may not come into play. Right. There's a whole bunch of different factors about that. Um, but let's say it's the property that is considered your matrimonial home, and you need to figure out what to do with that property. Uh, so we've got options. Can I take a step back yeah. then? Um, so if you've been struggling um, with your partner in your matrimonial home, and for your for whatever reason, one of you has decided mm-hmm. while you're considering what to do to move out. Does that affect your status in the matrimonial home? 
It can. It depends. Mm -hmm. So back in the day, you know, not that many years ago, 15 or so years, I think that was, it was a very common knowledge that, and I'm not pleased, let me just say, I'm not a divorce lawyer, uh, but from my experience that I know, it was told that you should not leave the home. If you leave the home, then during the separation, Mm -hmm. yeah, then you're conceding. That's what I wondered if that was I don't think that's necessarily the case anymore. And there's a whole bunch of different reasons, obviously, why someone may want to leave the home. Mm It could be a bad situation. They may feel that yeah. their life is in danger yeah. staying there, but it also just could be for the betterment of the children. Right. Well, I just wanted to ask that because there might be people listening who are one are kind of just debating issues now mm-hmm. and wondering what they should do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's I guess a, a bigger issue if that yeah. if you're in that predicament and you're not sure what to do. Certainly, you need to get some counsel. That's right. That's not us. No, but I get questions about this all the time from people who uh, want to know what they should do. Um, You know, they may want to sell, their partner does not. There's a whole bunch of different things around that. Mm -hmm. Um, We're happy to take those questions and answer whatever we can. Right. But at the end of the day, you have lots of other options and resources to go to. There's a lot of divorce coaches out there, for example, somebody that you could, um, you know, hire to give you some advice who understands the legal system. Yeah. Obviously a lawyer. And we wouldn't profess to be that Absolutely knowledge, not. but we come into action. Yeah. Once you've kind of made your decision and now, That's right. you know, as part yeah. of your um, plan going forward, there's real estate involved and something has to be done. Yeah. We and can help you. The first decision yeah. is, is, yeah. is whether you're going to sell the property or whether one of you is going to try to stay in the property and buy the other person out of the property. Right. Now, that's the first thing. So let's assume for one minute that you or your spouse want to stay and the other person is okay with leaving and being bought out of the property. Right. The first thing you need to do is get the proper, well, obviously after you've hired a lawyer, the first thing you need to do is hire an appraiser. Yes. Now, a licensed appraiser is somebody who will come from probably your bank and give a proper analysis on what the property is worth. A, a formal analysis. Formal. This mm-hmm. is different than what we yeah. can provide. What a realtor can provide to you is called an opinion of value. Right. Which has some weight, but not what you need in this instance. In this instance, you need to have an appraisal, a formal appraisal done by a licensed appraiser. They're going to come, run the numbers, tell you what the property is worth. And from that, you will decide whether or not you want to purchase the property from the other person. Right, whether you, whether that's an option. Whether that's an option. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's obviously a great option for people, especially uh, if you have children. Mm-hmm. You know, you maybe you don't want to move them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one spouse wants to stay in the property with the children. The other person can, you can buy the other person out. The other person moves on, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that you want to look at, first mm-hmm. of all. Um and then I've got a couple people right now who do the house sharing thing, which is interesting. I love that if that can work. Oh, I hate that. Why? I think it's stupid. you got to move on with your life. Anyway, that's another story for another day. Yeah, I only like it, obviously, if there are young children involved. Oh, I, you know, you and I are come, always come from <laughs> – kids are resilient. I, I think having a prop – just I'm just going to – I, we it digress. is a growing trend, though, isn't it? I think it's stupid. Yeah. How can you move on? How can the how can you be li- left in limbo for an x x period of time while you're like sharing a home until the kid grows up? Just move on. The kid will be fine. They'll they'll be fine. 
<laughs> I think if people decide that's the best solution yes, for them, right. let them make that decision. Yes, for yes. me, a staircase between me and my former is not going to prevent me from living my life. Oh no, but I'm talking about. I live in the house for one week, two weeks. Oh, you live in the I house see. for two weeks. Oh, I thought you meant you then go. Well, then we rent an apartment, and I live in the apartment for two weeks while you're at my house. Yeah. So it used to be that the kids went from parent to parent, right? And now right. the kids stay in place, and right. the parents switch. Okay. Right. Right. Oh, sorry. Oh, I, was I like confused. your staircase idea. Yeah, that's sure. what I would. Yeah, do. Yeah, that that would be. That's not that I've given it any thought. I wouldn't <laughs> want to do that actually because that'd be way too close. But I think that I can yeah. see that might. There's be. a word for that, isn't that when it's the parents who switch in and out? Um, yeah, I think crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. We digress. Yes, Maybe. but anyway. So uh, let's get back on topic here. So that was the uh, the first thing you wanted to yeah. say, right? Um, Do you want to and can you and can you stay in the property? Right. One of the parties because sometimes it, and and the other reason why you need a, an unbiased licensed appraiser is because if you're the person staying, you of course think it's worth worth much less than the person <laughs> who's leaving. Yeah. So um, in order for you to really you know get the number that makes sense to everybody. You have to do that. And then that will be executed by the lawyer who yes. will then, you know, take care of all those arrangements. The person will be paid out. The title gets transferred from both to one and the person moves on and, and Bob's your uncle. And uh, usually that appraiser comes from the bank or the lawyer. They do. Mm-hmm. But we also know a lot of licensed appraisers. Sure. I've given some yeah. contact information out sometimes. But by and large, the bank will be the ones yeah. who say, you know, yeah. If we're going to keep the mortgage, I agree. If it goes from two of us to one of us, the yeah. bank needs to know, you know, what's worth, right? So they need to send an appraiser out anyway. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's assume then, okay, for whatever reason, you decide that you're not going to do that, and and a lot of that is is, and I've seen this many times, is one person does not want to give up the property. So either one person doesn't want to move. And the other person wants to buy them out, but they're like, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Or they um, can't agree on a price. Yeah. Or um, usually there's just some bitterness involved and the person just doesn't want to move on with their life. Mm-hmm. And so they sometimes have to force a sale. So either you sell willingly or you sell because the court has forced you to sell mm-hmm. because you cannot agree. Yeah going forward. Um, and so this happens all the time, mm-hmm. right? And so um, number one, I would obviously, the best case scenario is that you get on the same page because you need to be working together. So regardless if you are the one who wants the divorce or doesn't want the divorce, the fact is that you all, you're, you're all in this scenario working to get the most money you can for the property, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the ship has sailed. Now it's time <laughs> to figure out what you need to do to come together. Yeah. And so uh, that's generally where we come in. Mm-hmm. You know, we get involved a little bit in the beginning. Yeah, people talk about you know getting getting appraisers through and how we can help. Um, but then, well, they we probably come to that. have. They often have us in at the same time that they're doing that. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, you know, experience in the field is different than a formal appraisal. It is. So yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so now we think about how to choose a realtor. To help you through this. To help you through this. Mm -hmm. And this is really important because I think, um, you know, a lot of people will tend to worry about one person being biased 
over another realtor, for example. So, you know, you and your spouse are are divorcing. I'm friends with you. Right. I'm a realtor. You know, the spouse may not want me as the realtor because the right. spouse feels like yeah, and I'm it comes not from impartial. a a fear of not being treated equally. Both yeah. parties in the divorce want to ensure that their interests are being maximized. That's and right. do you suspect that that can't be the case if the agent you're using is a friend of your right. spouse you're divorcing? And yeah. from a legal standpoint, I would say you shouldn't worry about that. We are obligated as realtors in this province to follow a very strict code of ethics, and most of us do that. Mm. And so we are not able to take sides, right. and we are not able to help one over another. Um, and our our job and our duty is to you as, as the seller, to both of you. And so uh, to be concerned that we are going to uh, favor one side over another or give special favors or whatever right. is is very unlikely to happen, but I understand the concern. Mm -hmm. And so where I find I've been involved a lot is that one party asks for me, mm -hmm. the other party asks for somebody else. Right. And sometimes both of us will have to go in and interview and the sellers will make a decision on what buyer or what uh, agent is going to work best for them in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Or... Or they might come up with a third option because neither wants to use one of the other. Exactly. Yeah. And I've certainly been involved in that, yeah. too. There's There have been a couple of uh, situations, even quite recently, where I've been called in as um, right. an unknown person. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know you, even though our last realtor was great, but yeah. we don't know you. And yeah. so, Yeah, and I always talk about, you know... Um, both parties in the divorce are the seller mm -hmm. and the goal is to get to work hard for the seller mm -hmm. and get the most money for the house for the seller and that you're in choosing me you're adding just adding to your team to make that happen that's right and there's no reason um, given as you say the code of ethics and our objective of uh, selling you your house for the most money possible in your time frame with the least inconvenience, I think, to you, yeah. that, that we can't do that. And I think the really important thing is, is, you know, based on everything we've ever said before, you have to have faith and trust. Right. And both parties in this situation need to feel represented right. and feel like they trust their realtor and make sure that you feel good about the person representing you. And key to it is, you know, you've had that formal um, uh, evaluation of the home's value. So we're, we're all acting, you know, that's the impartial bit of it. Now, who's going to do the best job that's to right. get you the most money? That's right. Mm -hmm. You know, and think about, I think it's really important that you choose someone in this instance that's going to be very sensitive to the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, understanding how hard it is to go through this, no matter whether you've chosen it or not chosen it, it's a very difficult time mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. And so making sure that there's a lot of sensitivity around that. I think if you're in that situation and you're starting to choose a realtor, that's probably the first thing that you want to really think about, mm -hmm. right? Is this person really understand and can be sensitive to the challenges that are involved? You yeah. may have two parties that refuse to even sit together to sign documents. Exactly. How can we that. navigate that? Mm -hmm. I think uh, in addition or as part of sensitivity is communication. 
You want to make sure that um, you're communicating openly and fully with all parties Absolutely. involved. Absolutely. And that nobody at any point is left out of the discussion or decision-making cycle. That's right. Exactly. And I think that's so important because mm-hmm. that's I've been caught up in that a couple of yeah. times. Um, right, because there's there will be a natural kind of approach, yeah. but you have to ensure that everybody is treated, and we, we can, obviously, is treated fairly and fully. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and understanding that everybody has equal stake in the situation. Yeah, yeah. with the couple being the seller. Yeah. So it's to everybody's best interest to do that. Yeah. But yeah. Not, not all agents can do that. No, so. unfortunately, I think, um, I think it can be tricky. I think, yeah. it, you know, you need to have a bit of a experience. You have to have some experience with this, mm-hmm. I think, in order to really understand what it's like to... Um, represent both sides because if you have never had to do it mm-hmm. you know you may not be sure how to navigate that as a right. realtor right you right. need to understand yeah. that you've got systems in place to some degree to deal with both parties right. equally right um yeah i think this is one of those circumstances where rapport rep- reputation and experience really do matter that's right mm-hmm. and i just i want to stress more than ever that Please remember that we are obligated by law to follow this code of ethics. We really, by and large, most of us are there to do the best that we can and we will follow the rules and, you know, work within your best interests and make sure that we are not, um, you know, we're not trying to, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, we're not we're not trying to pull a fast one on anyone because I think that's the thing I, I I hear all the time in the middle of a divorce is that if one person feels that they are um, getting proper representation, the other side always feels like they're being slighted or scammed or um, you know the realtor's not telling me things or and you know that's often when we get brought in right is mm-hmm. they don't have trust in the person mm-hmm. that they were working with and, mm-hmm. and so you know. Obviously, I can't make a sweeping statement about this, but I think most people are there. Most realtors are there to do the best job they can for you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about treating everybody fairly and equally and openly and honestly and, um, you know, not favoring any party, but realizing that although people are selling for this reason, um, they're selling together. There's still a team on this. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, I often find, too, there's a lot of... Um, embarrassment and uncomfortableness around it from the seller's perspective, especially because they don't want the neighbors to know. And so they're concerned about having a sign on the lawn or they're concerned about what the neighbors might think. They don't want open houses sometimes. You know, they're they're embarrassed. They don't want people to know their business. Um, and so that's all part of this process. You need to really figure out what you feel most comfortable with. Yes, I've had lots of conversations around that, um, particularly around sensitivity to any children involved. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, we're here to navigate mm-hmm. that for you and help you get through that process for sure. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add about that? No, just that we have lots of experience in that. It's just another natural or one of many life stages that people go through that um, we as realtors gain experience with every day. Absolutely. And uh, it's a pleasure to help people through this um, time. Yep. So, you know, we're here to help you as best we can with uh, that. I will say one more thing. Yes. What I've done a couple times is worked with 
the other party's agent. Mm. I don't love it, mm-hmm. but if all else fails, that's true. There are solutions to every issue that comes up, so don't feel you're stuck. You're absolutely right. Yeah, good point. Excellent. Uh, okay, good. So, uh, listen. If you have questions about this, and this is a stage that you're at, and you're not sure how to proceed feel free to reach out. We can at least guide you in the right direction, maybe point you toward some other experts, Yep. help you with the process. We're always happy to come and take a look at the home and at least just give you a bit of, um, you know, uh, a state of the nation read on what's happening with the market value or market conditions and anything just to kind of get the ball rolling. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much. We look forward to hearing you again, uh, or hearing you, you hearing us. We look forward to you hearing us. We look forward to you listening in, is what I'm trying to say, (laughs) next week. Um, Thanks so much, and happy real estate. Happy real estate, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team. But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from REMAX Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com. That's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com. Or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.